Welcome to the Sports and Media Show with Jeff and Joe. Jeff Owens is the WEIU-FM director at Eastern Illinois University, and Joe Gisandi is the author of Field Guide to Covering Sports. The Sports and Media Show is a sports podcast that talks about the media's coverage of sports. Now, let's go to the show. Thank you. This is the Sports and Media Show. I'm Jeff. He's Joe. I'm Joe. <laughs> <laughs> How's everything going today? Good. How are you doing today? Good. Hey, we have a guest in studio today. We, uh... We have Dustin White with us. Welcome, Dustin. Hey, thanks for having me. Dustin is a webmaster here on the campus of EIU, and he's also a uh, sports broadcaster down at uh, Premier Broadcasting in Effingham. Does a lot of uh, the sports games down there, and I know you're a big sports fan, so we wanted to bring a guest in today. Yeah, I'm a big fan, pay a lot of attention to uh, media coverage of sports. Worked in the uh, newspaper industry before I got uh, doing the radio stuff on the side, so... Pretty, uh, pretty big part of my life. And you'll forever be the first guest on the sports and media <laughs> show with Jeff and Joe. Yeah, someday. Number one on the resume, right? <laughs> someday, someday they'll be talking about this. There, there you go. Well, let's talk a little bit about what's happening in media this week, Joe. Uh, Major League playoffs are on, have been up and going, and they've actually got really good ratings, even though it's you know, you know, the kind of the change of networks on a day to day basis, and some rainouts involved. But the so far, the ratings have been good. Oh yeah, I think I saw that game four when the Cubs rallied there at the end there had 7 million people watching it, yeah. which is almost as much as, uh, I think, this past week's Monday or Sunday night football. Yeah, Fox Sports 1's uh, best uh, ever in terms of a number of viewers. So Right, right. Uh, you know, and that, and that, that station's kind of been getting railed on publicly, but that was a, that was a good boost for it to get some uh, exper- or at least some viewers and eyeballs on that station. Uh, hockey started. We're going to talk a little bit about fantasy football. Um, Jamel Hill and Michael Smith on ESPN got moved to the permanent anchors at the, for the six, 6 o'clock, six o'clock right. sp- yeah. sports center, which uh, I was the, I like those two. Well, know. Jamila and, and, and Michael do a tremendous job, but the other thing is that uh, SportsCenter is losing lots and lots of uh, viewers there, and they need to do something. There was even talk about possibly not even having it and trying to have college basketball replace it at yeah. certain times during the winter. So, Yeah, you know, I think uh, one of the thing, criticisms of SportsCenter that I've heard in recent, uh, in recent years is that it's gone from being a straight-up highlight package. Maybe you even said this on uh, one of your last podcasts, but that it's gone from being highlight packages to a lot more of the talking heads and, yep, right. and uh, opinions. And sometimes people, you know, you can, listen, you can get that stuff on ESPN. You don't have to tune into SportsCenter to get it. And I don't think that that's necessarily what their core viewership is looking for. Yeah, you're exactly right. When, when, when SportsCenter was out, you'd pop it up first thing in the morning. You'd say, what the heck happened the night before? You'd look at the highlights. But now you can go on your computer, your phone. Like you're just saying, you're exactly right about that. Or, you know, MLB Network, NHL Network, they all, you know, a lot of people get these channels anymore, and, and they can go there to get those highlights in the morning, too, if they want something specific. So a lot of challenges the sports center's facing that it wasn't facing even maybe five years ago. So they want to incorporate a little bit of the his and hers into the sports center and do some of the stuff that the, that kind of Mike and Mike do in the morning. And so, I, right. hey, hey, give them a shot. I, I like the two announcers overall, so I'll, I'll, I will give it a, a chance. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and we talked about some of the other, you know, challenges like Good Morning Football. Football is is catching about half as many people as Mike and Mike now. Well, maybe a quarter to a third of it right now, and so that's another pressure. You know, talking about what Dustin was just mentioned here with NHL.com and all the other things. You know, you can yep. get that in the morning. Do you want to touch on one thing we talked about last week? We talked a little bit about Vince Scully retiring, and what right. I think one of the things that got slighted was that Dick Enberg retired too. Um, from sports broadcasting and oh my, oh my, yeah. Dick, Dick, and so you know, just uh, I mean, you grew up with Dick, Dick. We all grew up with Dick Enberg, and the fact that he's no longer going to be broadcasting, uh, it, it, we just I didn't want to slide him on a sports and media show. Uh, you know, for some reason, I remember him more at tennis than I do for yeah. football and all the others. He was for me, he was the voice of tennis. Yeah, I remember a- that. at a time where tennis was was a big deal. 
you know, yeah. with, with McEnroe and then uh, uh, guys, like yeah. even Michael Chang and Curry and all the other things, all the other great players. Thoughts on Dick Inberg? Well, you know, uh, uh, having uh, like the MLB uh, package on uh, MLB TV package, I've been able to see a lot of different uh, broadcasts and hear a lot of different guys do it. And yeah, he's he's great. Padres games are great to listen to. Uh, you, I think maybe the reason that Vince Goley kind of overshadowed him, obviously, a little bit more longevity there. Just an amazing career, but also that uh, you know Inberg never did the whole solo broadcast the way Vince Goley did. So maybe it. Uh, Makes him seem like a little bit less of a virtuoso, I guess. I don't know, but uh, I, you know, he's—they're both great, and it's a big, uh, big loss for the broadcasting community in both senses. And, and you know, talking about both of those, you, you know, Dick Enberg and Vince Scully, it'd be interesting to look at the transcripts of the things they've said. You know, a day after Bob Dylan wins the Nobel Prize for Literature for his for his music, you know, you could say the same things about the writing on air. We forget about how how beautiful the language came off of Vince Scully and on Dick Enberg as well. There you go. That's well said, too. The other thing that's kind of a sports thing that's happened, and the media's really been playing up on this, is the LSU-Florida mess, this college football game. Uh, if you haven't heard, basically LSU and Florida have agreed to a date. They're not going to play the game at Florida, which has angered the Florida administration. They're going to play the game at LSU because LSU didn't want to play three road games in a row. But conversely, the two teams that they were supposed to each play that weekend are now getting free money from LSU and Florida, don't have to go get beat by them. And in the media has really been talking about how the SEC, which has always kind of been the pearl of college sports, kind of looks a, a little bit sh- down uh, in this look, in this, the way this has kind of came out. Well, I think, you know, if you don't believe there's too much damn money in college sports right now and it's professional, this is exactly it. They're paying off teams and giving them the money not to play. And the SEC certainly has more money, I would say, than any other conference, whether or not it's still the pearl of it. I mean, certainly the Big Ten this year is great for football. Yeah, four out of the but, top ten teams. But down right south, you know, I lived there for, for decades, college football is is the king over all sports, and there's too much money going on in there, and, and these, these kids are, are getting used. They're, um, I, I, you know, this economically, you know, are they really about the college athlete? Like here at Eastern, they are. You know, we're not a big, huge program like Florida or, or even Michigan or Ohio State, even up the road at the University of Illinois. There's a lot of money going on, and this says a whole lot about it. It really makes college foot, football and the SEC bad. Any, any comments, Dustin? Well, yeah, I mean, Joe pretty much said it all. You know, the, the nature of college athletics is supposed to be about amateurism, about teaching the kids the right lessons and about giving them certain experiences and I don't think that those are the things that anybody is thinking about when they oppose a move like this they're just thinking about you know the money coming out of their pocket and uh, it's disappointing but it is what it is and that's kind of uh, that's kind of what major college football is anymore Let's talk a little bit about something we all enjoy uh, fantasy sports they have really it's uh, you know fantasy sports were when I started them, it was like, who, what the heck is fantasy sports? I don't understand it. Now it's mainstream. There's TV shows, radio shows, podcasts. Uh, there's there's sitcoms about fantasy. Uh, <laughs> oh, the, the league the, the is league. great. Yeah, oh, so, great show. Uh, fantasy, you still play them and you still like them? And is it, is well, it I, I am a commissioner of a league still that's <laughs> been long running here in town. Uh, well, the thing about fantasy sports is that it's – 
it's one of the most transformative things for sports media that we've had uh, this past hundred years. First you had radio transforming sports, then you had TV doing it, then you had the internet doing it, and now you have fantasy sports because now we're looking at the game more statistically oriented, which is, you know, allowed places like Fangraphs.com and, and BaseballReference.com to emerge. So we're now looking more statistically based and it's now crawling along the bottoms of TV, you know, you're watching that. Sometimes we're watching games, like I was watching the Bucks panther game the other day going, uh, are my receivers going to be getting these points? You know, I didn't really care who won, to tell you the truth, at that point. Maybe I would have cared more le- earlier. But even when you're looking at stories, you're seeing all these things. Our sabermetrics is becoming big. We're looking at all these things like uh, war and all those others. Those have come out of this as well. Yeah, the one thing about it, though, uh, especially with football, man, it uh, people get so focused on what kind of stats a player is driving. They 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 kind of forget about the fact that these are human beings out there, you know, playing a game, generally playing hurt exactly. to some degree, and and they get frustrated with certain decisions that are made, uh, you know, coaching decisions, that kind of thing, who plays how much, and are ignoring a lot of the, the nuance to, to sports and the very human decisions that go on with it. But I say that, and the main reason I watch a lot of games is because of my fantasy interests when it comes to baseball and football especially. And it's a multi-billion dollar industry now here in America with, and then you've got everything on top of it with the you know the the DraftKings and all that stuff too that the, the daily fantasy so it's amazing how it has just became mainstream and it seemed like overnight it became mainstream mainstream. Yeah, because I, I remember playing leagues and I think we may have talked about this briefly. I don't forget if it was on or off the air. Um, I started playing back in the late 80s with some leagues. Uh, and I remember going to USA Today and trying to get the, uh, trying to get the, um, you know, the statistics. Stats. You'd go down Tuesday and you'd figure out, and the commissioner would do the thing. I, 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 being a commissioner back then was a lot more difficult. Yeah, you had to like uh, now it, Yahoo like. gives it to you right away into tens of points. Uh, but it's grown about 60% a year over the last five years. It's There's great. so many people. Then you have the fan, you know, the, you know, the fan duel and all the other things take it place. Um, it, it's huge. It's absolutely huge. But I'm wondering if. It's pit made, it made its peak. Well, it, and I think it's made its peak. And the other thing about fantasy football in particular is that you used to have all week to make a trade. Now with the guaranteed Thursday night games, it's tougher to trade in fantasy football. And so it seems to me that fantasy football is not as fun as it used to be. Now maybe I'm older, I don't know. But it used to be I had all the way, maybe all the way up to Saturday night, Sunday morning to try to make a trade to better my team on a Sunday. With that Thursday night game, it seems like you almost feel like you have to have your lineup in by Thursday. And then if your life gets in the way the rest of the week, you at least have it set. I don't know. I, am I, I wrong? I don't know like, if I put my finger on why. I just know that somebody who's been in one of my leagues, the league we've been in for about 10 years, who was probably the most active for transactions and has done a whole lot of things, a couple of days ago at lunch said, yeah, I'm not really that excited about it anymore. And the NFL's, uh, you know, maybe you couple that with the NFL, all these protests, the NFL ratings are down. Some of the games are just absolute dogs. Uh, we brought, we're reporting that we're recording this on a Friday morning after a terrible Thursday night dog game last night. Right. Chargers beat the Broncos in a game that was pretty much unwatchable. Um, hideous orange uniforms on the Broncos to top it all off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I they didn't could, mind they, the Chargers. They could have played that in the dark and we would have seen the Broncos players. Yes. So, your thoughts on any more on fantasy, Dustin? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. You know, if you look at uh, look at where my team is in the standings right now, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure I have much of anything uh, much of anything relevant to add. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that was interesting, I don't know if you guys saw this this morning. Dan Lebetard said that he is not allowed to talk about the Donald Trump. Uh, story that came out and, and the stuff with the Billy Bush on the on the NBC van on the air, or he said ESPN has announced they will they will suspend it. 
I didn't hear that this morning, yeah. but I thought the I other read day, it this morning that there was. I, a kinda, I listened to him for about a half hour. Have you heard that? Uh, I don't listen to Levitard personally. What somebody that I know told me was that, yeah, he, he was complaining about not being able to talk about it, and so on his show he was kind of going out of his way to to be intentionally boring. Like <laughs> uh, he had a, some some team's long snapper on for an interview just to awesome. kind of drive the point home that you know my my creativity is being uh, stymied here. You know I want to talk about this and they won't let me, but. Uh, uh, that was a little bit earlier in the week, and I'm not sure if any resolution has come of it yet or not. Uh, is, is that an ESPN, you know, statement where they're they're putting that on every single show, or particularly? I just Lever- Levitard announced on. I think I was either at Deadspin or on the Big Lead or something this morning. I said he's not he's not allowed to talk about it. I just thought, you know, in in the world we live in, where everything's out there, and ESPN really has kind of expanded their boundaries of what's what's in good taste or not good taste. I, I can't imagine a reason why they would do that, except they're so worried about viewers and listeners, but this is going to probably get them more angry at him than if you had allowed them to talk. Yeah, Le- Levitard is, is a reverend. That's one of his charms or attractions or whatever you want to say. I agree 100%. Well, I think the big problem that ESPN has is that they just they kind of pick or choose their spots, it seems like. You know, it's okay for Stephen A. Smith to go over to Floyd Mayweather's house and <laughs> fawn over all his cars and <laughs> pretend like he's not a repugnant human being. But yet, when, when Dan Levitard wants, who is a smart broadcaster, right? He has smart things to say. Absolutely. When he wants to have what's probably going to be an intelligent discussion about, uh, you know, the presidential election, which is on everybody's mind, then they say, nope, nope, we're not going to have this. They just seem to not really know what they want their policy to be and it's kind of a moving target for all of their on-air personality to try and hit very yeah. good well so we'll have him back he seems to have better yeah some really good points so you get to come will you come back <laughs> oh, I got to, if, if, you, if you'll have me oh, sure we'll have absolutely um well, I, you got I, other thoughts on joe well i was just going back to the you know talking about the nfl i don't and, and ties into some things about fantasy sports is that i watched probably 80% of that baseball game last night between the Nationals and the Dodgers yep. without a thought of, oh, my God, do I have Clayton K- is, is, is Clayton Kershaw going to get me 10 points for a save in fantasy baseball? <laughs> um, I, I, I found that games, the baseball games in the playoffs right now, were far more interesting right now than football to me right now. And I don't know if that's just a personal thing. I know that ratings are going up on it. But these baseball games have been really exciting. And you're talking about a game there that was, I believe, I read that it was the longest nine-inning playoff game ever Four in terms of, hours, yeah, yeah, in terms yeah. of the time it took, and one of the longest nine-inning games ever. the The seventh inning lasted over an hour, but yet it was, to me, it was drama at its best, you know. And maybe that's just because baseball is my sport of choice; it means more to me than others. But I don't think I'm alone, you know. It was. Very interesting to watch. And, Tim, and did you hear what Tim Kirchin said this morning? He said it was one of the best baseball games he's ever seen. And I like Tim Kirchin. I think what he when oh, it comes, is, when it comes is, to baseball, he knows his stuff. And check you know. out his new book. It's yeah. it's just it's a, it's a fun fun read. But I completely agree with you. I mean, yeah. think about last night too. It turned baseball conventional wisdom on its on its ear, and that's what we're always asking for. And that's like you know, we're talking about with Levitard, you yeah. know, be, apparently being told not to do that. He's popular because he's completely different than most of the other shows. And, and and baseball last night, Dave Roberts, what does he do? He brings in his closer in the middle of the game for more than three outs and then brings his starter in for the end. After announcing his starter wasn't going to pitch tonight. <laughs> right, and then that's not dissimilar to what Andrew Miller did 
against the Red Sox, yep. you know, if the Indies Red Sox. Yeah, Francona using him all over the place, which is what which is what the more analytics driven riders have been begging for for a long time right. is for managers to just bring in bring in your best pitcher in the best situation something that Buck Showalter didn't do in his series and oh, people are goodness. drawing those parallels now see Dave Roberts finally came outside the box and look what happened and so maybe that's the skew that I have in my mind is that most of the writers that I follow and pay attention to they're they're lauding this game for you know what a what a great spectacle it was maybe it's because they finally got to see what they wanted which was for a manager to come outside his comfort zone and go to Kinley Jansen in the seventh inning and bring in Kershaw on a day's rest to close it out. Do you think this might be something we look back on in five years as that's when this started? You know, there's always these points in, in history that people look back on as when things happened. I don't know if this will be the point where it started, but this will be the one that we think of as the one that made the difference. Much like if you go back to, what was it, 58 or 59 when the Colts and the Giants played that, that historic game and, and it was on television. And it wasn't the best game and it wasn't the first time you had Johnny Unitas and other people throwing, but it's the one we remember. So I think what you're saying there is that this may be the game we remember that maybe turns some things around as far as conventional wisdom for, for managers. Because like Dustin's absolutely right, is that you know the analytics people have been talking for years, this is the smart way to do it, but they haven't been doing it. And Dave Roberts, I, I heard this morning, Dave Roberts made over 600 pitch, pitching changes this year. Yeah. 600. He's made the guy who also pulled inning. that guy out with a no-hitter yeah. at the beginning of like the first week of the season. Well, yeah. He actually had to do it a couple of times because uh, he yeah, he did it with Rich Hill, you know, right. famously, uh, who's coming off his blister problems. But then they had uh, a younger guy whose name escapes me right now, but toward the beginning of the season, somebody that they just kind of had to, to go to to fill the rotation because Injuries have been a huge problem for them all season long. And, yeah, young guy had never thrown a whole lot of uh, innings in his life. They pulled him with the no-hitter intact. And Roberts right. got uh, – he got burned for some of that stuff. People were all over him. But And, listen, I don't think – he makes a lot of decisions that I don't think are the greatest either. But uh, last night he showed that uh, he can make the adjustments. And, and he's one of the four standing. And that's where you want to be right now. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's the four standing. You know, get Cubs, Dodgers, and then, you know – Indians and the uh, Blue Jays. So. Maybe this will be the new tradition. I mean, I know everybody sort of made fun of Tony La Russa years ago when he did sort of some things like this. Not exactly like this, but it, I mean, having nine pitchers in nine innings was kind of absurd. But, but Tom he, Seaver still says but, that's the way to go, right? And, uh, he's <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe. Some pitchers you see do better in the second, third, and fourth innings, but you know, it's another way of looking at sports. Yeah, I think the thing that people always say is that uh, some of these some of these bullpen guys, they, they feel comfortable in their roles, and if you take them out of their role, you're you're kind of afraid that they'll they won't react the same way they do when they know they're going to pitch in the eighth. They know they're going to pitch in the seventh. Do I personally think some of that's overrated? Yeah, but uh, you know they're the the human beings out there pitching again, going to that human element. Uh, right. They're the ones out there doing the job, and you do have to take that into consideration. Absolutely. Other uh, thoughts you in your note? Joe has note cards over there, so I'll let Joe use his note cards. No, I just have reminders. I don't want everybody left out. I'm not a, a pro I'm, pro like you two guys out here on the radio. I got notes. I'm, I'm, I'm a dumb the former other, print guy. The other thing that came out. But I, but I do want to say a yeah. dumb former print guy type story. If you haven't read it, read Tom Boswell's piece on the game last night. You know, we read it, and I think Dustin and I probably read a whole lot probably for analytics and looking for those things. But for pure, beautiful writing, that's another thing that's still valued. Tom Boswell wrote this beautiful piece on the game last night in the Washington Post. Okay. Check it out. we Will do. The other thing that happened last night was the worst that people are starting to leave early because they had to get on the train because it was the last night of the train. You hear about that? Yeah, the yeah. Washington, <laughs> D.C. has their public transportation, and they refused to make any adjustments based on this 
playoff game, you know. I mean, a very important baseball game for a city that hasn't had any real playoff success for years and years. Uh, I hope that's not an elected position. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? D.C. politics for anything. Oh, you know, God. Uh, we got a couple minutes left. I, one thing I want to touch on is uh, Sacramento Kings became the first NBA team and really the first professional team. Uh, they're going to have a, uh, a, a, a commercial logo on their uh, uniform this year. Some di- or some diamond nuts or something are going to be on there. So your guys' thought is that you know we're, we're turning into NBA is turning into uh, international soccer at this point because they don't God forbid they they don't have enough money right now. <laughs> um, I, you know I don't I don't like it the same way I didn't like ads on the front page of newspaper sections. But I still don't like that. I, I still don't like that. I think it takes away from it. But change is inevitable, and you know this will probably be the norm in some years to come. There you go. Your thoughts, what Dustin? What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> uh, like you said, I think that's just the world we live in anymore. Everybody's always kind of trying to figure out the next way to squeeze another dollar out of something. And right. uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it's uh, 10 years from now, it's not just basketball and soccer. It's, you know, every sport. It wouldn't uh, shock me at all. There. Second base sponsored by, you know, <laughs> pick, your, pick your advertiser. There big, you go. Big golden arches on second base. Uh, awesome. Well, this has been the Sports and Media <laughs> Show with Jeff and Joe. Our guest this week gives them a Dustin White. We appreciate you coming in, Dustin. All right. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. We'll definitely, definitely have you back. And uh, if, you, if you have any uh, questions, Jeff at WEIU.net is the email. And we'll have this show uh, every week here on the Sports and Media Show with Jeff and Joe. Thank you. Have a great week. Thanks. We hope you enjoyed the sports media show with Jeff and Joe. Check back weekly for the next show. This is the sports podcast that talks about the media's coverage of sports.